0: Primal potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. I love Saturday episodes because I get to answer your questions. If you have a question that you would like me to address, weigh in on, give my two cents, let me know. Best way to do that is just DM me on Instagram. You can find me there at Elizabeth Benton, at Elizabeth Benton on Instagram. Or if you join our free Primal Potential Facebook community, one of the questions that we'll ask as you enter that group or request access to that group is, what questions do you have? And that's a great place to toss them in as well. Every single Saturday show, we give something away. Today, I am giving away a box of Energy Plus, if you haven't tried it. It is amazing. It's an all-natural stick pack that you mix with water. The flavor is matcha, lime, pomegranate. It's so good. Very mild in flavor, not strong, not too sweet, just very, very mellow, but very tasty. And it's a blend of antioxidants as well as a little bit of caffeine that really helps with focus while giving you some great nutrients in there as well. So at the end of today's episode, I will announce Who wins that box of Energy Plus 30 stick packs? I think that normally goes for around $49 if I'm remembering correctly off the top of my head, but we're gonna send it to you for free, shipping's on us, all that good stuff. Just listen to the end of the show to find out if that was you. And if you want to be eligible to win next week, there are three ways to enter. Number one, you can leave a review of Chasing Cupcakes on amazon.com. That is my book. If you haven't gotten it, check it out. Or you can leave a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, or you can post on social media, you can just tag me, put a picture of the episode that you're listening to, or a lesson that you've learned from the podcast, just be sure to tag me so that I see it, otherwise you can't win. So we will announce the winner at the end of today's episode. If you're curious about that energy, just DM me on Instagram. I'm happy to send you more info if you're curious. So, today we are answering listener questions, and we've got a lot of them. Most of them today are focused around nutrition. There are a couple of exceptions, but overeating questions, how to decide on a nutrition plan and being overwhelmed, um, how to stop thinking about food every single waking minute. But we also have a couple questions about motivation and one about insecurity. Insecurity, which I love talking about because I just think we don't give enough attention to what is a very prominent struggle. All right, the first question is, why do I start strong and then lose motivation? Think about it like this. Have you ever started something either with your kids or with somebody at work and you're trying to teach somebody something and you start out really patient and then After a while, you kind of lose your patience and you get frustrated. It's a lot like that. And the reason that I give that as an example is because motivation is a feeling. And our feelings change with our circumstances. So for example, if you're in a really, really great mood when you start the day, but then as the day goes on, you're physically feeling really tired, sleepy, worn out, your good mood probably starts to fade a little bit. All emotions fade. They all fluctuate. They fluctuate based on stress. They fluctuate based on hormones. They fluctuate based on energy levels or fatigue, external circumstances, thoughts. We need to expect that our emotions are going to fluctuate. So many times people have this expectation that motivation should get high and stay high and not waver. And they have this sense that wavering motivation or the plummet of motivation is somehow a problem and reflective of like a barrier or a hurdle, but it's really not. It's supposed to ebb and flow, just like good moods ebb and flow, just like being irritated ebbs and flows. Again, circumstances, energy, fatigue, you name it, these things contribute to changing emotional states. Motivation is a changing emotional state. I think that there is a better question here. Instead of like, why do I start strong and then lose motivation? That's like saying, why do I sometimes feel happy and sometimes not? I think a better question is, what is something that I want to be consistent with even if I'm not motivated? What is something that I want to be consistent with regardless of my emotional state, regardless of if I'm feeling very motivated or if I'm feeling not motivated at all? Then how can I practice? And practice in this example will look like following through when you're not motivated. For me, one example of that is I want to work out consistently Monday through Friday whether I'm motivated or not. And I'll just tell you, I've said this a million times before, I'm usually not motivated to work out. I really cannot remember a recent time when I just could not wait to get to the gym. Practicing being that person means I'm looking for the next opportunity. When I don't want to go, that's when I need to go. I'm looking for that opportunity because that is what I need to make this a strength. The next question says, how do I overcome overeating? How do I overcome overeating? And a lot of my clients know that sometimes I'll start answering questions with just one word. And if I was doing that here, the answer would be practice. The answer would really be practice. What do you practice more? Do you practice overeating more? Or do you practice not overeating more, right? Do you practice moderation more or do you practice indulgence more? It really does come down to that. Sometimes we get lost in the theoretical, like maybe it's a matter of being on a particular diet. Maybe it's a matter of being more disciplined in general, but all of that stuff is just too too broad. It's too pie in the sky. We need to break it down. Practice. So I would, if I was working with somebody, and they really wanted to overcome overeating, I would be asking them, well, what does it look like today to choose an improvement for you? And I've had many conversations where people say, well, when I get home from work and I start preparing dinner, I kind of start to graze, and then I eat dinner, and then after dinner, I want a little something, or there's just a little bit left on the stove, so I decide to just finish it off instead of having to put it away and store it for later. And then maybe my spouse decides to have ice cream, so I figure, oh, what the heck, I'll be better tomorrow. And in that case, I would say, well, what's an improvement that you could make tonight? Maybe that improvement is not grazing while you're prepping. Maybe that improvement is having one serving of dinner, but not two. Maybe that improvement is not eating after dinner. You don't have to do all of them. But my challenge with my clients is to step out of the big picture theoretical overall solution and instead get really granular. Well, if you were to do better today than you did yesterday, what would that look like? What does it look like to choose an improvement today? So many times it comes down to the questions we ask in a moment. What is a slight improvement here? What is really worth it? It's not either I have the ice cream after dinner or I don't because I shouldn't. What is an improvement? Maybe you have half the amount that you normally have. What is really worth it? Maybe you realize that it's not, it's not even worth it, that thing that you're considering eating. This happened to me just last night. I poured myself a glass of wine. Actually, Chris poured me a glass of wine. And I was thinking about it felt indulgent to me. I don't drink uh, every day. I maybe drink once every couple of weeks. And I was excited about that glass of wine. It just felt like really special. And I took a sip and it just wasn't worth it. You know, so that question is it worth it? When we bring awareness to whether or not it's really worth it, am I really enjoying this? Am I here for it? Am I paying attention? Am I distracted? What we'll find is that oftentimes when we're overeating, we're not even really enjoying the thing we're overeating. We're just used to the pattern of having something in our mouths. We're used to the pattern of giving in, of saying yes, and of of not being um, bored oftentimes and when we start to ask is it worth it we start to evaluate well what is worth it do I even enjoy this thing that I so regularly overeat I know for me I learned through that question that I don't really like crackers because they're they're sort of bland to me I get crunch and I get salt but that's it. And then if I dip them in something, that's really what I'm going for. I'm going for like the texture and the flavor of whatever I'm dipping them in. So whether that's like a cheese spread or it's a guacamole or something like that, I could do that with celery. I could do that with carrots because the cracker itself, for me personally, you might be a cracker lover and that's fine, it it doesn't have much flavor to it other than salty, which I can replicate without the processed nature of the food, without the carbs and all that kind of stuff. So it really does come down to being more connected to the solution than the problem, but more specifically, being committed to today's version of the solution. What does it look like to contribute to the solution today versus the solution in general? then if we were to get a little bit more granular, you can check out my Nutrition Fundamentals course or my Breaking Barriers course, kind of depending on what is going on for you. Breaking Barriers is more about emotional eating, and Nutrition Fundamentals is more about the science and carbs, fat, proteins, micronutrients, etc. Okay, this next question says, how do you decide on a fitness or nutrition plan? I feel overwhelmed with all the choices. You can disagree with me here, but I feel strongly about this one for myself and for my clients. You don't need a plan. You really don't. Sometimes we treat low carb, intermittent fasting, keto, counting macros, counting calories as like religions and we have to pick one and commit to it. What I think is far more effective is what would it look like for me to take great care of myself today? What would it look like to do better today than I did yesterday? And the big problem that comes when we pick a plan and we feel like we have to be loyal to some predetermined way of eating is that when life comes around and maybe you said keto, but you're at a family birthday party and you really want to have a piece of birthday cake and it doesn't fit within keto and now you feel like, oh gosh, I've screwed up, I've dropped the ball. If you're lifestyle or your circumstances or the events of your day don't align with this diet that you've committed to, you feel like you've been naughty. And I just don't think that's necessary. I think it is an infusion of drama that only makes things harder. There's not anybody who doesn't realize that going to Taco Bell or eating Doritos or a pint of ice cream is, is not aligned with a goal of improving one's health, right? Right. We don't have to pick a plan. I would rather people pay more attention to what makes me feel my best, what doesn't. What do I love eating? What makes me feel great? What are the foods I love that love me back? How can I make today better than yesterday? What would it take for me to go to bed tonight feeling proud of the choices that I made instead of I need to pick a plan? I just don't think you do. I don't think you do. There's a second part of this question that says, how do you deal with family members who are against your lifestyle choices and the basics of who you are? To me, you're not seeking their approval. It's OK if they don't get the way you eat. That's fine. I don't need anybody to understand or approve of what I eat or what I don't eat because it's not, it's not a collective decision. right? I don't need their buy-in in any way, shape, or form. Sometimes people just desperately want to be validated like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And if somebody says, oh, that doesn't make sense or I don't think that's right, then they get all their feathers ruffled because what they're looking for is somebody else's approval. There are some things that I really want the approval of my friends and family on, but the way I care for my physical body is not one of them. So I don't think there's any dealing necessary. You don't want to eat this way? Okay, that's cool. You don't think I should eat that way? That's okay. It's, I'm, not, I'm not looking for you to tell me how to fuel my body. I think it becomes a lot more simple when we get less emotional about it and more objective. Do I need them to be on board with how I care for my physical body? No. Next question says, how do I do it whether I'm motivated or not? And I'm sure it could be any number of things. Get up when the alarm clock goes off, even when I'm not motivated to. Go to the gym, even when I'm not motivated to. Stick to my budget, even when I'm not motivated to. Here's the beautiful thing about it. What is the thing that you want to be consistent with? We talked about this a few minutes ago. What is the thing that you want to be consistent with without motivation? And then look for moments when you're not motivated to do that thing and that is your work. I'm looking for moments when I'm not motivated to work out because when I choose to work out in those moments, I build the consistency that I want. Or if it is um, getting up when the alarm goes off and not hitting snooze, that I am looking for mornings when I'm not motivated to get up and that's my work, that is my task, that is my goal for the day. I need to do it when I don't feel motivated, so get very specific. And I know it seems simple and obvious and that's because it is. There's no rocket science here. There's no like special secret trick that just you haven't heard yet. What is the thing that you want to do even when you're not motivated? Be on the lookout for moments when you're not motivated and do that thing, even if you're doing a small version of it, right? If it's working out for you, you don't have to drive, you know, get your clothes on, drive to the gym, do an hour workout and come home. You can say, you know what, when I realize I'm not motivated to work out, I'm gonna do 10 squats and 10 push ups right? It can be small, it can be micro, but you have to be looking for those moments when you're not motivated and seize them. Seize them. They are a gift. They are exactly what you need to create change. This next question says, how do I stop thinking about food every waking minute? How do I stop thinking about food every waking minute? Find something that you are really passionate about that's unrelated to food, whether that is a volunteer project, whether that is a fitness goal, whether that is taking care of somebody in your family who needs love and support. Get excited about something beyond yourself get excited about something beyond food. And this is something that's come up a number of times on the podcast recently and even more times working with my clients and that is remove yourself from the center of the story. If all your waking thoughts are about what you're going to eat next and what you're not going to eat next, what that tells me is you would really benefit from making your life about more than you. So maybe you need to volunteer your time someplace else. If you spent an hour a day in hospice, that would give you some great perspective. You know, an hour a day in hospice care, sitting next to somebody who's at the end of their life, or if you went to the YMCA and you volunteered with kids who have rough situations at home, All of a sudden, you're expanding your life far outside yourself, and I think a lot of people struggle because they are solely at the center of their story. It's about their weight. It's about how they look in pictures. It's about what they will eat or didn't eat or what they ate and how bad they feel about it. You need to expand your perspective a little bit. Put somebody else at the center of your story. Go work at a soup kitchen with people who don't have food to eat. Seriously, I know that that seems like very um, Sarah McLaughlin and, you know, the commercials about animals dying and whatnot, but it's really true. If you want to break free from thinking about yourself and not just thinking about yourself all the time, thinking about one piece of your life, food, all the time, you need to make your life about more than you. You really do. You need to make your life about more than you you. And sure, you can make it about some something other than food in your own life, but I think it would be far more effective to make it about something other than you. Okay, next question is, how do I work on feeling insecure? Feeling insecure, lacking confidence. I would start since you're saying how do I work on it. I would start by defining where that shows up for you. So I would literally sit down with a notebook and say, okay, I hate that I feel this insecurity. Where does it come up? Where am I lacking confidence? What are the areas of my life where I feel insecure or I want to have more confidence? Write them out. And then the next question I would ask sitting there with my journal is, what needs to change In order for me to feel more confident. If this, then I would feel more confident. If I had, if I was, if these circumstances, then I would feel more confident. Now you have exactly what you need. You just need to get to work. It always starts with that clarity. It always starts with that specificity. Where is it that I'm feeling insecure? or I'm lacking confidence. In what areas, around what topics? What would I need to feel different? If I had this, if I looked like this, if I had this experience, if I had this knowledge, these skills, if I, then I, then what do I do with that? How can I start to bring those things into fruition? Do I need to learn something more? Do I need to change something? Okay, if I need to change something, how can I participate in creating that change today? Sometimes, again, this comes back to we overgeneralize and then we feel lost and we feel overwhelmed and the solution seems really ambiguous. But if we break it down and we get granular, we understand it a whole lot better, then the action steps become so much more clear. I love answering your questions. Guys, if you have a question, if you have a topic that you just want to hear about on the podcast anything like that, let me know. You can DM me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton, Or you can head over to our free Primal Potential Facebook group, our awesome community over there. And when you join or when you request to join, I should say, it will ask you if you have any questions. Those go right into my queue for the podcast. That's where a lot of these come from. So please, please, please do that. It is my pleasure to share my two cents, to weigh in, to help you help yourself. And we give something away every single Saturday. Today's winner I already shared at the top of the show. They are getting a box of energy plus. The winner is at Shell Davis underscore one. The number one. At Shell Davis underscore one. If that is your Instagram handle at Shell Davis underscore one, email Christopher at primalpotential.com. Christopher at primalpotential.com, traditional spelling of Christopher, and tell him that you are the winner for episode 782, and we will get the box of Energy Plus in the mail to you. Just make sure you include your best mailing address, and we will get it out right away. Thanks so much for all of these questions. Thanks for being here. Let me know what is on your mind and how I can help or support or encourage you, and it would be my pleasure to do so. See you soon.